Lasting Media. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Ross and Drew with Honey Tree Meadery, and you're listening to the Blue Collar Bourbon Show. I'm JP. I'm JD. And I'm D-Rock. And you're listening to the only whiskey podcast dedicated to blind tastings under 50 bucks. We go past the labels and beyond the marketing to vote on our favorite pours without bias or breaking the bank. Welcome to the Blue Collar Bourbon Show. Hello, everybody. Mead Man here. I'm pretty excited for today's bonus yeah, the guys are not in here right now. So a couple weeks ago, I told everyone that we were going on a uh, secret trip, a special outing, and it happened. So today, I'm here to share with you our experience with Honey Tree Meadery in East Nashville. want to give a very special thanks to Ross and Drew for welcoming us out and being so hospitable. Just a quick side note about the audio. We were outside, so we got cars and fans going, so we cleaned that up as best as we could for you. And without further ado, here's my final attempt to make the Blue Collar Bourbon Boys enjoy mead. All right, guys, here we are. Where are we? We're at a little place over in East Nashville called Honey Tree Meadery. Oh, God. I thought it was it was about time we tried some of the local spots. You thought this would be a sweet adventure for us. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think it's gonna sting. Is this your honey hole? Yeah, <laughs> you might say that. <laughs> okay. Um, I've never been here before, actually. Okay. Is there? Uh, do you know what the buzz is all about around here? Oh, uh, I've heard it's a good place. So we're gonna go in and find out what the bee's knees is. About this? <laughs> yeah. So we. This uh, thing might sting a little bit. I think I think it'll be good. <laughs> Look, if you don't like meat after today, then. I'll can, drop it. Can we put a nail in the coffin on it? After yes, today? after okay. today. Hey, hey, man. How you boys doing hey, today? Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, man. All right. Maybe we can hang out out back. Okay. Hang out. Might be a little better. That's fine. Yeah, we, uh, we actually just got the outdoor space opened back up this weekend. Oh, nice. Oh, this is cool. Yeah, oh, it's wow. fun, huh? It's killer. Yeah, thanks for, I mean, meeting us out here, letting us come out today. We're... Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. These guys... Tell me a little more about the, uh, the bourbon club. Yes. So we took a second to fill Ross in on everything we do as the Blue Collar Bourbon Show and why we're here at a meadery in the first place. I told him what he can probably expect from JP, JD, and D-Rock, and he seemed up for the challenge. And appreciate what else is out there, you know? Very cool. Very cool. Um, so... Totally. This will definitely play well, too. Did you tell them your name on the show? I was going to say, so they pinned me. When I tried to bring in Mead to them, they pinned me as Mead Man. So <laughs> that, that's been my name on the show ever for like two and a half years now. Uh, and so I think today awesome, he man. gets trumped by like the official Mead Man. Right. I was right? going to say, yeah. my, my name will probably mean nothing after I see what you guys No, no, you got to keep the Mead Man, dude. I like that. That's okay. good. That's cool, man. So like, should we refer to him as Mead Superior? Mead, Mead Master, man. Mead Master. Master. Yeah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna run inside and grab a couple bottles. Cool. And um, I got something real special for awesome. you guys. All right, oh, 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 special. special. Hang tight. Give me like five minutes. Yep. No right. rush. Appreciate cool. it. All right, me man. Since this is your bonus episode, you have the impossible task of turning bourbon fans, bourbon listeners, into meat. Honestly. Meat fans. I feel like so. My my gut instinct is this is as real as it gets. Like, you're at a meadery in East Nashville. They keep their own bees. They make their own product. Like, I feel like this is it. This is mead at its at its core. Okay. So, if, um, if so you don't like if this. If this doesn't so. work, 
then you guys just don't like mead. Okay. okay. Uh, All right, that's fair. But I guess I still have to be mead man. So, so have you had mead from the Honey Tree Meadery before? I'm actually not. Oh, no. wow. That's okay. why so I'm you're okay. going in blind. I am. Okay. I'm, we're all going in blind. Um, you're putting a lot of faith in this one single meadery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am. The guys just have been so cool to me in our conversations to come out here. So I've, I feel like it'll be a, a good spot. Okay. But, I mean... There, there may be one other place to get meat in town, I think, but this is like the, the most established. The honey hole, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Didn't you already use that joke? I don't think so. Oh, th- I'm sure they're going to get recycled plenty <laughs> of times today. Yeah. All right. So, context guy, you've got friends over at the house, huh? Like they're bourbon guys. Hell, it's us. Mm-hmm. How are you selling us on mead? I would probably. What, what's what's your pitch? I'm probably doing. We've eaten a good dinner. Okay. And it's like a dessert kind of drink, you right. know? Um, it's definitely sweet, and I, I'm i curious to see what he has. Maybe he has something that's more on the dry side, a little higher octane. I don't know. Mm. I, I have no idea what he's going to pull out. So maybe he'll have a flavor or something. Because you guys were really digging the flavored stuff at Casey Jones, I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe he'll have some stuff that's not too far away from that. Okay. That's my hope. So context-wise... This is a, this is an after dinner. I would think so. Okay. After dinner, if you're in the mood for something sweeter, like a sweet wine kind of thing. But okay. The thing to remember here is that mead is much like wine is fermented grapes. Mead is fermented honey, so it's naturally going to be sweet. Mead is a setting. Like you have to be in a particular setting. You're not going to be watching the Super Bowl with the boys drinking mead. It's going to be a gathering of friends together. <laughs> and I, I don't, Man, I don't know. I guess it depends on what boys you're hanging exactly. out with. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't uh, know because I want I want Ross's take on what. Okay. I think that's a great question for him. Like, how do you guys like to enjoy mead? Where do you, what context do you see it fitting into? Yeah. That kind of stuff. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna have some words of wisdom there. Because maybe there's a particular setting that whiskey doesn't necessarily fall into right. that mead might be a better play. I don't know. Yeah. Like after dessert kind of a thing. I don't uh-huh. know. After dinner. That's my hope. That's my hope that we get some context yeah. today. He's just hoping this doesn't suckle. Oh, man. That was a stretch. <laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> oh, God. That one stung a little. Again, the recycling. <laughs> yeah. We're like the American Idol panel right now. <laughs> Seriously. And he's Mead Man's the one singing. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Oh. Yeah, we got we got the good stuff here. So these are we're out of we actually just this weekend ran out of pineapple sage. And that's one of our other like we got four core brands. Uh, pineapple sage is one of them, but it's also the most popular, so it's like we we can hardly keep it in stock. Well, before we get into this, can you tell us? Can what? you can you can you school us on mead? Oh, totally, man. Okay, so it is the world's oldest fermented beverage known to man. Okay, it's the only fermented beverage that can ha- like occur naturally in the wild. Hmm. It's like literally, if you mix honey and water together, it'll ferment and turn into mead. And do you like typically how long does that take um, naturally? So, like, if it were to occur naturally, I mean, it's. I don't know if it would ever get to the point where it would taste good, but it would be at least like a year. Okay. Right. So, and like a lot of people who do, who do like natural ferments and, and like old world style meads, they'll literally just mix their honey and their water together and like let it sit outside in an open vat for a couple of days. Either wild natural yeast will get into it Mm -hmm. or there's yeast that's contained in the honey that once the water gets mixed in, it's allowed to like wake back up, I guess. So yeast actually has, I mean, sorry, honey actually has yeast built into it. Yep. So the moisture content of honey, here's, here's kind of how it works. When the bees collect the nectar from the flowers, they bring it back to the hive. It's about 50-50 sugar to water ratio. Okay. Okay. And the yeast is allowed to live inside of that because of that moisture content. But when the bees start to make honey... They actually take their wings and they pack the nectar down in the cells and they fan the water out till it gets to like 15 to 18% moisture. And that's why honey is like so thick and viscous. Yeah. Uh, the moisture content is incredibly low. So because of that low moisture content and the enzymes in the bee's saliva, it doesn't allow the reproduction of bacteria or yeast. But when you dilute it again with water... It brings it back to life. To come back to That's life. That's interesting. Wow. Isn't that okay. pretty wild? This is crazy. Yeah. Science. So, yeah, man. And like, 
I have so there, there, there's so many different stories about like how the first mead was made or like where the first mead came from or anything. Like, What's your favorite? I don't know. I kind of <laughs> I kind of feel like like hunter gatherers had like a animal pouch or something, and they were like collecting combs one day and like accidentally left their bag outside and it poured rain in the bag and they came back a couple days later and it was like bubbling and fermenting and they were like what the hell is this so something really cool kind of to, to play off of that <clears throat> we um we're like crazy about old norse mythology mm-hmm. and and everything because like and half of the stories in norse mythology revolve around mead right mm-hmm. and uh, like like odin had his own god hives so that he could make honey from the flowers of the trees from Asgard and make this like magic god mead. It was <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna turn this fan on real quick. Get this unlabeled bottle. Oh, you're excited. I so am. I'm excited about whatever this red model is. 22. Oh, that'd be rose Your boy, I'm glad you're here. I feel like you're gonna share in this excitement with me. I'm very. I'm keeping myself tame right now because I'm behind the reporter, but I'm very excited. Okay. I'm, I'm right there <laughs> with you, sweet man. Right on. Um, anyway, so Ross, was it? Yes, Ross. Ross. Yep. Um, so before humans knew what yeast was or alcohol or anything, they would. They thought that this like magic brewing man would come and enter your vessel and like enchant the liquid, right? Okay. So I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like if you didn't Science. know what alcohol was or anything, you're just like drinking this shit, and you're like, "Oh my god, I feel amazing!" Right? <laughs> so, um, so village the villages would come together. You know, they would have these giant like brewing ceremonies where um, they would build these giant fires, and they had all these like rituals and prayers and stuff that they would do to try to get this magic brewing man to like enter their vessel so we kind of replicate that in a way here we have like these yeast pitching ceremonies where we like we make a what's called a starter the day before our brews so it's a chance for the yeast to kind of get working again and multiply and start to like wake up and get used to the idea of its new home Mm-hmm. So it's basically, we'll make like a two and a half gallon batch of mead, and typically in a five gallon batch, you'll pitch like, we have these little dry yeast packets, you'll typically pitch one yeast packet into a five gallon batch, we'll make a two and a half gallon batch and pitch three yeast packets into it, and let it go overnight, and it kind of like, it like turbocharges the yeast, and then the next day, after we, you know, after the, everything's all ready, when we pitch our yeast but all the lights go out the purple lights come on the smoke comes out we got like deer antlers and shit like robes that we wear we do these crazy we do all this crazy stuff but and everybody used to tease me about it until I started winning gold medals and and then, you know, and then everybody was kind of like well maybe there's something to this <laughs> when you say you make a two and a half gallon of mead mm-hmm. What do you, is that, you're literally just mixing honey and water? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I'll usually, I'll mix that with just like a paddle. Um, and it goes, it'll just be in like a, I've got a little, they're called carboys. So it goes into a glass carboy. And um, we actually have a sterile air filter and aeration stones that go into it. So the air gets, it's pumping oxygen into that liquid the okay. entire night um, so yeast goes through a couple different stages throughout its life um, its first stage is where it like rapidly multiplies mm. and and then its second stage it goes from rapidly multiplying to then eating all the sugar mm. and the more yeast that there is in the solution the, the more healthy it will end up being in the end um, so the reason for leaving that pump in there all night is yeast needs oxygen to reproduce. If it has a steady, ample supply of oxygen, it can just keep multiplying and keep multiplying and keep multiplying. So I'll make a starter usually at like eight or nine the night before, and then I'll come in for the brew day the next day, and it'll just, uh, that air, air tube will stay in the starter until I pitch later that night whenever mm-hmm. I get done brewing and stuff. It, it takes a long time to like mix the honey together properly and make sure all the equipment's clean and everything. Cool. 
That's awesome. And so you guys also keep your own beads, is that right? We do, yeah. Yep. And that's kind of how we got introduced to mead in the first place. Um, well, it was kind of like the stars all aligned at once. Um, so yeah, I've been keeping bees for a little over a decade now, and I've been homebrewing beer for even longer than that, probably like 12 years or so. So I started out using like a little bit of honey in my homebrews and stuff like honey that I was harvesting from the hives. And I was doing that for a while. I eventually got a job uh, working down at Little Harpeth Brewing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I kind of worked, I, I actually was hired in there as a beekeeper. And they kind of decided that they weren't going to move forward with their beekeeping program, but they had a, a job in sales open up. So I did sales for them for a little while. And they had like a, a pilot brewing system there that any of their employees could use. Mm. So I started brewing on the pilot system and I was making better beer than all their brewers and they were like, oh, this guy's in the wrong job. <laughs> so they eventually switched me into production and it was around that, that was probably six years ago now, five or six years ago now. And that's when I really started getting into making mead too. I was using all of the honey that I was harvesting from the hives each year to make mead with. And then it just kind of like, snowballed into this thing where it was like oh shit like I started realizing I could sell a gallon of honey for $50 or I could turn the gallon of honey into five gallons of mead and sell it for like $1,500 so I was like okay this is a thing yeah. so it was like that's kind of how you know the idea came about and then I actually had to turn down the head brewing position there at Little Harpeth because I was coming here to open honey tree so that was in. It's a good uh, problem to have. What's that? It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. It seems like, it seems like it was a big gamble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been a it would have been a good, you know, a good position there. Like I still have a great relationship with those guys. Like, yeah, I got nothing but love for them. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things. Like, it it chose me, kind of. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of everything just happened in succession mm. so much. It was like I ended up getting. Uh, I ended up getting an investor who came in, and that's kind of how we, we got started. We got, awesome. the, we got the building in June of 2018. Uh, it took us a year to do the build-out, and we opened in May of 2019, like the tasting room and grand opening and stuff. We had been making and selling mead for a while before that. Uh, like out into the market, we probably had like a dozen accounts or something by the time we finally opened the tasting room. Um, but yeah, we, we figured out real quick that when the tasting room opened, that, that was going to be kind of our bread and butter because it was just so busy. Everybody wanted to come here and learn about mead and learn about bees and, and all kinds of stuff. So that's cool. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And then, it, you know, it's obviously like COVID and or like shit, a tornado first. Right. So like last <laughs> 2020. Week, right. <laughs> um, last week, last weekend was our first week being open since the tornado. Wow. Much, so, yeah. All right, so my before we taste, my question is, and I don't know if you guys have any more. My question is, with whiskey, you've got at least, typically at least three ingredients. Yep. And then there's a whole bunch of steps to go through that you have to get pretty right. Right. To make at least a decently tasting whiskey. Yep. It's very easy to screw up whiskey and have shit whiskey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so as an untrained mead person, hearing what you just said, it seems to me that there's less ingredients and maybe even less steps to making um, mead yeah actually so, so so my question is where does it go wrong how does somebody make really bad mead <laughs> where is that step where it's like yeah you did that completely wrong so because it's only water and honey and yeast yeah it's like literally three things where a lot of people go wrong is the actual like from fermenting of the mead they're either not so honey doesn't have all of the nutrients contained in it that the yeast needs for a, a long, healthy fermentation. Okay. So we have to add yeast nutrients in. Um, some people add too much or not enough, and, gotcha. and that can affect the yeast. So, like, if anything goes wrong at all with the yeast, it's going to put off off flavors, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to taste those. So it's the adding of the yeast. Yep. And another this. mistake, another big mistake that a lot of people make is they don't let their meat age long enough. Okay. So, and I would probably say that's the most common mistake out of everything is like uh, a lot of meat makers will let their meat sit for at least a year okay like one year no ifs ands or buts 
um, we, we use a slightly different process. Um, a lot of, <clears throat> typically wine yeast is used to ferment mead, but ours are fermented with beer yeast. So it kind of cuts down the longevity of that aging process. Okay. Our meads don't have to age as long to, you know, <clears throat> obviously the longer they age, the better they get. So like a one year mead tastes like a thousand times better than like a three or four month mead we just don't have that kind of time right now to, yeah. to be doing that. So we've been we've been trying to get to the point where our meads have been aged for as long as I can be. I think this this batch of basics been aging in these bottles for like three months now, which is which is just starting to get to where we, we like it. But and they're they're bottle aged, not like so like a barrel yeah. age. Well, so um, yeah, we've got uh, fermenters and conditioning tanks. So. The primary fermentation happens in the in the fermenters. It's about two to three weeks that it sits in the primary stage, and then it gets transferred into the conditioning tank. And it's in the conditioning tank for usually like three or four months. Um, well, or I guess lately that's the, the trend we've been going, but we're, we're gonna be moving into having like a month and a half or so into the conditioning tanks, and then that's gonna be bottling. Because our conditioning tanks are seventy-five gallons each, and it takes like like ten times longer to age and condition the meat in those giant tanks than it does in the bottle. So our objective is to get it into the bottle as fast as we can. Yeah. So they can it can it ages so much better when it's in the bottle. So with whiskey, it's sitting in a barrel. The distillate's sitting in a barrel and grabbing all of its flavor from that barrel. What's happening to mead when it's sitting in a bottle? Um, it, the yeast is actually kind of uh, consuming any byproducts that it might have made. It's still working. It's still kind of like rounding out the flavors. Because okay. that's the best way I can describe it. It's like like green mead kind of tastes a little like hot and like a little like a little boozy and like you, the flavors might not blend up together really well in your mouth. The longer it has to sit and age, the more like the more the flavors round out and kind of soften, and you really get the honey flavor that comes huh. through after all that. Okay. All right. Right on. Anybody else? Go? So see all these are the I same, all that same proof or alcohol. Yeah. So that, these are all 12 and a half percent. And do, does your alcohol content just happen naturally? Or uh, do you so proof we, it? We control okay. the alcohol content. Yeah. And so like proofing is more for like higher alcohols. We use uh, specific gravity. Well, you boys ready to try some? Yep. Let's Let's make it happen. I guess. We'll start with basic batch. So this one is made with uh, dark Tennessee dark wildflower honey. All the honey is 100% local. Okay. So it either comes from our hives or local beekeepers. So some of of these are, I don't know, would you call them flavored? Uh, Yeah. But this one is just So this one is just straight up water and honey mixed together and fermented. Yep. And this particular bottle is called Basic Batch, is that right? Basic Batch. Okay. It's a play on Basic Batch. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we drink, they were kind of asking me, like, the proper context. Like, they're they're all about context, like, with whiskeys. Like, well, okay, when, you know, where is it made? Who is it made by? What's the story? When should you drink it? Like, how is it best to drink? How do you like to drink mead? So, I always drink it it depends we've got two different styles we have uh the 12 and a half percent which is more like a, a wine mm-hmm. we also have our low graph stuff which is chilled and carbonated and that's only four and a half percent oh cool we're gonna try some of that too okay sweet um i always like to serve uh these meats the, the the high gravity stuff at room temp or just kind of cellar temp or whatever. That's because mm-hmm. that's how they did it back in the old time. They just right. kind of drink it whatever temperature it was, you know. Um, so, and I also feel that when you drink it warm, that's when you get the best flavor profile too. <laughs> I try explaining that to everyone, and people are like, "Yeah, I don't give a." F-. <laughs> <laughs> but like we were saying, like, are you like you're watching the game with the boys? You're not grabbing meat, are you? The low graph stuff. These okay. guys aren't. Yeah, you are. Okay, and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. So like. We're about to like come after the seltzer game. Okay. For real. We've got um, we've got four four or six varieties right now of our low graph stuff 
that are just like absolutely killer. We've got a meter Rita. <laughs> literally tastes like it's like a margarita. It's so damn good. Um, we've got a, a dry hopped meat that's really good. We use a mosaic hops for a dry hop. Um, we've got a blackberry, which this weekend we sold through three kegs of blackberries. Jeez. Oh, nice. And um, so, yeah, and that was, that was definitely our most popular one this weekend, for sure. Um, we've got what's called a sizer. It's spelled C-Y-S-E-R. Um, that's where apple cider goes in and it's mixed with the water. So it'll basically be two gallons of apple cider, two gallons of water, honey, and then fermented. Huh. Ooh, dang, um, that sounds good. So that one's really, really good. So And it, and it has to be f- uh, 51% of the fermentable sugars have to come from the honey and 49 have to come from the cider. We can't go over 50 by law. So um, Wait, are there mead laws? Yeah. So well, mead's regulated too? Mead is absolutely 100% Interesting. Ooh, um, and, and, they, and the, the crazy thing is, is that there is no, like, we're considered a winery. So we have to follow wine laws, which, like, the laws are so freaking messed up <laughs> that what they need to do is is like consider mead its only thing. Yeah. Because it's been around the longest. Yeah. So absolutely, true. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So um so but yeah game day, the, the we call stuff. it little batches like a okay. little batch series. We have the basic batch and then the little batch. That's so cool. Good. All right. I'm excited. Shall All we? Right. Pour one for myself. Oh, yeah. Right. Please do. How's the nose? Mm. Smells like honey. Yes, it does. And this basic batch mead was aged for how long? Um, This one was bottled probably a month ago. Okay. Um, But it was in the tank for probably three months before that. So it's still like, we would still consider it like green mead. Mm. It hasn't actually gone through its like whole conditioning life yet. Okay. Um, but it's it's pretty much there. You'll be able to get like the gist of the taste. Cheers. 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 <laughs> the Vikings would say skull. Skull. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. That's different than I thought it would be. It's more bitter than I thought it would be. It's kind of mild. Yeah. So the the wildflower honey. Because it's a mix of so many different flowers, like you all have seen wildflower honey, it's like molasses. Yeah. Mm. So it gives you like a lot of like those earthy flavors and stuff that you're tasting in there. I mean, I'm I'm a fan. I like all those different flavors. It's definitely like some of the meads that we've tried have been super syrupy. Yeah. And I think that's where these guys shy away from it because like that stuff isn't. You no, can't drink much of it. I it, yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not gonna lie, I don't like super sweet meads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of why, like, I designed most of these recipes to be, like, really dry and crisp and kind of like they don't hang out on your palate super long. Not a lot of time no, life. Not a no. lot of Super, super crisp. Uh huh, very. What's the alcohol percentage? 12 and a half. Wow. Yeah, dude. So, and it's like, it's funny too, because people are like, as they're drinking it, they're like, man, this doesn't taste like 12 and a half. No. And they'll be like, when we first started, like serving out of the tasting room, we were serving eight ounce pours, and people were just, like, after two glasses, people were <laughs> up. Like, can I get another one? This is great. And we'd be like, whoa. Can I get some more apple juice, please? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, All right. It's like that smooth. It's like an it is very it's smooth. Like, yeah. Easy to drink. Yeah. yeah, I'm not mad at it. No. All right. Good, what, what is good start. Not mad. What is the uh, the price on this? So it's the basic 15 pack. per bottle. Yeah. Um, the price will actually be coming down soon. Oh, okay. hey. You don't um, ever hear that. Seriously. <laughs> Trust me, I don't want to say it. Because <laughs> we're going um, to be, when we're out in market at uh, grocery stores, we're going to be at like 12 or 13 a bottle. So we're going to match that price here in the tasting room. Okay, cool. So once yeah. you open it, how long does it stay good? Um, about a week okay. or so. Yep. Does yeah. it need to be refrigerated after you open it? Um, a lot of people do. I usually don't. All right. This next one, this is one, this is probably the sweetest mead that we have. Get ready. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> it's not, the, it's, when I say the sweetest mead that we have, it's not sweet. Yeah. Still. Uh, candy ginger. It's probably my favorite that 
of the flagships right now. Well, pineapple sage. Sweet baby up. ginger. Talking about me? <laughs> Could be. That was a good one, though. That was. Good job, beer boy. Thanks. Sweet baby ginger. That's his new I name. Should, yes. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> he goes, sweet baby ginger. Discord's gonna be blowing up today. <laughs> That ginger's really out front on that nose. Oh, that smells yeah. nice. Ooh. Oh, I'm I'm a sucker Ooh. for anything ginger. This one came out really good. <laughs> mm. All right, what was it? Skull. Skull. Oh. <laughs> I love that. S K O L. Wow. Oh wow. That's a lot of ginger. That's mm-hmm. unique. So this one, the ginger is actually fermented in the tank. You take the ginger, it gets peeled and chopped. We put it in a nylon bag, and then we take 15%. It goes into a giant uh, burner in a big, huge pot. And the honey and the ginger and the water are caramelized together for an hour. And then that hot liquid mixture of ginger and everything goes right into the tank. Mm. And then we just make our, make our batch the same way as we always would from there. And the ginger is actually fermented in with the, with the honey and everything. I'm digging that ginger one. Yeah, it's good. See, like, and you can notice, like, it's just a little sweeter than the basic batch. Sure. Um, and it, that comes from the uh, caramelizing the honey with the ginger. Right. All right. What it's do you guys think? Super clean, crisp taste. Mm-hmm. The gin- I love the ginger. It's not overbearing. It's it's just enough there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working on all these recipes for like five, like four or five years. So yeah, it's been so much experimenting, like making the same batch a different way like over and over and over and over and it's finally like finally got to where we are here now as a like legit ginger ale fan mm-hmm. that's my i like that one better than the heck yeah right heck on yeah. look at this two for two <laughs> kind more or less sweet so this one's one of our best sellers i don't know what you've been buying but it's not stuff, this. Stuff that you brought in has not, not this. been this. Mm-mm. I definitely uh, not very educated in the field that you guys placed me in, so yeah. I have some education that's a, that's to okay. do. You're, yeah. you're a fan. And right, right. You know, that's the only hard entry there. So Absolutely. So, Boquetas. We actually made this one for my wedding. Oh, nice. So, it's rosehip, hibiscus, and linden flower. What is a linden flower? A linden flower is kind of like the cousin to honeysuckle. And okay. we add it in for a little bit of sweetness. Because okay. the, the rosehip and the hibiscus are pretty tannic and they dry it out a lot. So we got to add some kind of sweetness back into it. Okay. All right. Skull. 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 You're going to say it like a Viking hybrid yeah, you, you pirate. You can't say that casually. Ooh, Whoa, okay. that one tastes like flowers. Yes, it right? does. I like that. Yeah. Very flowery. I'm, that's cool. My least favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite. Is it? That's yeah. your favorite, right? Yeah. yeah. The ginger's my favorite. It's a little too botanical for me. It is very botanical. Yeah, it's it funny. Like too, like, as, as it's been bottle aging, too, like those, those botanics are coming out a whole lot more. Uh huh. Although, I'll give it this it's got the best aftertaste. It does. I mean, the others don't really, they don't have that tongue life. That tongue life. So. <laughs> yeah, and this, I think, out, yeah, of, I mean, out of all of them, I think this one is the most dry out of all of them. Yeah. I would say that. I'll agree with that. I think it's the tannins from the all the vegetable material. So this is one of our bourbon barrel aged meats. What? Oh. I, when well, worlds collide. I got like three bottles of this left. I figured there's no better time. <laughs> oh man. Right. We appreciate it. Are these, are you selling these currently? We, so every year at Christmas time, we release our bourbon barrel because uh, we sold out, we sold a whole entire barrel last year in like five days. Wow. Dang. It just, it just Blew out of here. It was it was insane. One, I mean, your bottles are three seven five, so that that says something. So, all right, because we're gonna have people ask, what what barrels are you using? This is a new riff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right on. We had them on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Great guys. Yeah, they're awesome. Yep. We were really excited. And so you're letting it sit them. in the barrel for how long? Um, this was 
This was barrel aged for. Yo, what's going on? What's up? That new voice you just heard is Drew, and he's co-owners of Honey Tree Meadery with Ross. Hey, give, him, give him the rundown. Oh yeah, nice. He's cracked into this bit. This bad lad. Ooh, I'm very excited. The bourbon. Yep. Yes. yes. This is the one from last year, though. I'm gonna get him some of the new stuff too. We've got a dickle, uh, dickle barrel in there right cool. now. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. So this was like eight months aged, and the new riff barrel this year, the dickle barrel mead will be for an entire year. Okay. And yes. these are these are used barrels, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. So it's pretty cool. So um, we got ours from the from New Riff. They came and picked it back up and then put whiskey back in oh, that's it after awesome. meat had been. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. sweet. Yeah. yeah. I know, and what, I know I what that's that, going to be. That's, that's, that's going to be something really fun <laughs> that you. we're going to be able to do uh, with different distillers. I guess for our world, this is kind of like meeting us in the middle. Oh, oh my God. Jeez. Meeting us in the middle. <laughs> Okay, I'm getting some yeah. some yeah. oaky smell yeah. Oh, yeah. here. Yeah, there's, there's barrel. Uh huh. It's so. Crazy. I'm recognizing a smell. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the next one, the dickle barrel, is so crazy. It's because it's like it's, it's like super coconutty. Yeah. Ah. Did New Riff tell you what kind? Uh, what was in the barrel before they sent it? Was it their rye or their? Um, I honestly don't remember. I think it was just one of their like just basic standard, bourbons. standard yeah. bourbons. Yeah. All right. Skull. Skull. Yes. Mm. Whoa. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. That's my favorite. It's uh-huh. there. <laughs> that is. That one's I pretty. I said that one for last because I knew it was gonna be y'all's favorite. Yes. <laughs> that tastes coconutty to me. That's a mead I can get behind, mead man. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it on tape. Yeah, we were really excited. As soon as it hits your we like, mouth, yeah. you get barrel aged meads. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> it's got a slight tart on the finish there, and it's it's definitely got more alcohol in it too. So like those are, that one's gonna be like fourteen or fifteen percent. Okay. You know what this reminds me of is Samoas, the Girl Scout cookies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of getting that, that taste. I don't know. The only thing I get is I would like Samoa. Mm. <laughs> okay. Is anyone? What? No. I'll go thieve off that new barrel right now. So he's gonna get the he's gonna get the really good. the meat that's in the barrel right now. I'm in gonna the, go get us some in the dickle right barrel. In the dickle barrel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Cool. Yeah, Guys, dude. so far, this is a success. Yeah. The uh, the barrel aged meat. That's that's a, that's that's a, a game changer. That's yeah. a it well, even has floaties. Not chill filtered. Yeah. <laughs> so to my question earlier, if you were needing to pitch a bourbon drinker on a mead, are we in agreement like a barrel-aged you mead start with would a barrel be the way aged, to go? Yeah. Absolutely. I would say so. I mean... I'm okay with that. That's killer. I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys say that. I guess they really found the honey barrel. Yeah, that was, that was delicious. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what the difference is between a new riff barrel and a dickle barrel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What taste differences? You well, get. I know that your your new riff barrel is going to be higher higher rye, mm-hmm. yeah. Because new riffs mash yep. bill is going to be a, a higher rye than than your standard bourbon. Um, Dickles will be more corn. Yeah, definitely be yeah. more corn. Um, age. So your new riff is going to be whatever's been in that barrel has been really soaking in there for four years. Uh, Dickel, I guess it depends on. If it's the Dickel Baldwin Bond, if it's the Dickel 12, like which yeah. Dickel it is. Sure. Which we're probably we saying at least it. eight years. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if it's a Dickel barrel, then you're really going to. More than likely, it's, a, it's an older barrel. Yeah. Coming from Nickel. Uh oh. Right. Cheers from New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is Blackberry Little Batch. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. We call it Buried Alive. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. All right. So this is around 4.5? Yep, 4.5%. Chilled carbonated. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Sparkling meat. Yep. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All day long. Yeah, oh, that's... Wow. Front porch. Yeah. I told uh-huh. you I'm coming after a seltzer game. <laughs> <laughs> There's your summer drink right there. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Absolutely, dude. And the cool yeah. part about that, 
It's honey and water. There's no bullshit. It's honey, water, and blackberries from a farm. No additives. That's amazing. Yeah. No additives, no nothing. But it I mean, tastes so good. Are you planning on selling it by like the six pack? Um, it'll probably be a four pack okay. of twelve ounce bottles. Um, so because they're they're gonna end up being around like four or five dollars a bottle. Okay. So it'll be. It'll be more on like the, the prices side, unless but we're I'm trying to figure out how I might be able to to cut that price down. I'm thinking if we're because we're gonna have to start out by contract brewing for a while because we don't have the equipment here to mm-hmm. make our scale little batch, so we're gonna have to start contracting at uh, somewhere else. Once we start doing that, we'll be able to hopefully start chipping away at the price for bottle. So yeah. your plan is to do bottles, not not any plan to go into like cans or. Um, we might eventually get into cans, plus also like aluminum cans are like virtually impossible to find right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's like a huge can shortage and like big giant breweries are buying up all the cans and like, you know, like East Nashville Beer Works and Little Harper, like everybody's having a lot of trouble finding cans. So I was like, F- it, I'm going to yeah. put that shit in those sexy ass bottles. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. That's... That's good stuff. I can't let my wife find out about this. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. On that note. This so one smells amazing. To a dickle barrel. It's gone. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'm wondering what the age on this barrel is because it seems like there's a lot more a lot more oak on the on the nose. Ooh. Oh, oh wow. yeah. <coughs> it's so smooth. It really is. Yeah. It's like it really uh, is. Marshmallow. Man, by December that shit's gonna be <laughs> it's Damn, like it's so good. it still bites in the back of your throat a little bit that's that's yeah, good you, you pick up like like a percentage or two of alcohol by volume in, in the barrel mm. just because there's some leftover residual whiskey in there and that gets pulled out into the yeah. meat yeah. so it does raise the ABV a little bit if you did it's a killer that's great. this with a, as like a mold Oh my Near, god! So that would be insane. <clears throat> yeah, we do like like he was just saying. In the winter time, we do a mold mead where it's, we actually serve it hot with mulling spices in it. Oh, oh yeah, man, dude, it is also very it's dangerous. Crazy, crazy good. I mean, this winter we sold. I mean, people were coming here like every single day. Like, I have to have more mold mead. Like, what did you guys do to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to come for that. That sounds oh, it amazing. Was so good, man. We served it in mugs. It was like hot. And, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds incredible. So good. So that raises a good question. Like, two parts. What is the mead scene here in Nashville? How are people hearing about you? But then also, what what is the mead scene in general? Like, I could tell you about the whiskey scene. But as far as like, what is the meat scene locally and then nationally? What does that look like? Um, so, in Nashville. I mean, we're still trying to raise awareness. You know what I mean? Like half of what we're doing is educating people on what it actually is. So yeah, I mean, I feel like we still have a ways to go. Like as far as like introducing people, to, like there's so many different things you can do with it. Like y'all have had the complete spectrum. You got barrel aged stuff. You got the basic batch. You've got y'all had the the little batch too. So like. You can literally make whatever flavor you want and make it however you want. So, yeah, so, like, we're still trying to raise awareness about it. I don't know. The majority of customers that we get are people who are either uh, familiar with mead or people who are, like, seeking out something besides, like, Bud Light or, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the typical, like, like people who have brewery fatigue. They're like, I'm sick of beer. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I want something else, you know. Yeah. So, and, um, I mean, before COVID, we had the bulk of our our business was like regulars who live around the area or like like renaissance people they love it here yeah um wait renaissance as in like people who do renaissance festivals and stuff yeah yeah, 100 (laughs) percent. that's awesome yeah and we've got um actually a pretty big instagram following too people are really down with the cause and because like at the end of the day we're trying to save bees you know what i mean and so like you know, whenever we go to the honey farm to pick up honey, they're like, we're paying rent this month, you know? <laughs> you know, because we're, we're buying, like, $4,000 worth of honey at a time. Yeah. You right. Know? So, like, we're we're helping the beekeeping community, too. And, like, buying small 
like smaller sizes of honey from local beekeepers as well. That really, really does make a difference. So yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're saving bees, man. <laughs> That's kind of like the end all, end all, be all goal for what we're doing. And like, and and like the the historical, like traditional aspect of, of meat as well. Like all of like the crazy brewing ceremonies and stuff I was telling you guys about earlier. Like we get to connect to nature from, with like a direct line. Sure. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the bees are collecting nectar from the flowers. They're making honey in the hives. So we get to watch that whole process. And then we're taking the hives here and taking the honey out and putting it right into the tank and fermenting it. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's super amazing. To There's no middleman between you and the bee. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's really fun, man. It's really, really cool. It's really like, for me at least, it's a really spiritual thing, being able to see the whole process and and just be a part of like the, the secular nature of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, that's cool. I dig that. It's like a direct line to what's going on in the climate, you know. We know exactly what's going on because they are so sensitive. Those bees are so sensitive. Mm. So if something weird is going on, we're witnessing it in the hives. You know? Yeah. Like and, this. and to that point, does that does that affect the mead adversely? Uh, changes in, in climate? It could definitely affect the taste of the honey, which mm. will directly affect the mead, no mm. doubt. We had two years ago somebody in the area must have had a ton of honeysuckle and our honey was just delicious tasted like honeydew melon Mm -hmm. and it was just like must have been somewhere around here so not only is it hyper local but it's also a a little window into that timeline yeah you know so you know exactly what that area tasted like at that season not just year that season. So theoretically, somebody could be doing exactly the same thing you guys are doing here, but they could be doing on the other side of the country. To a T, same recipe, same everything, but their meat could come out tasting completely different yep. because their bees totally different. are using different flowers. Absolutely. Or, yep. That's yep. awesome. That's crazy. And because, cool. because it's only honey and water, there's nothing to hide behind. Sure. You know what I mean? So like the you're going to get all those flavors. Like basic batch in Seattle is going to taste way different than basic batch in Nashville. Also, like the water has an effect too, you know what so, I mean? So like we're just using filtered water. Our water is hard and, you know, that's just what we, it's the same water we've been brewing with for 10 years. So the, so, so the bee is to mead what the tree and the barrel is to whiskey. Basically, yeah, dude. <laughs> yep. That's cool. We found yeah, our sure, man. Yeah. We found our points of connection. There it is. This well, was this was enlightening. I well, think this yeah, was a good man. day. You've actually helped my cause a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Couple other fun facts. The term honeymoon comes from mead. We we just found that out the other day. Oh yeah. Because he bought an Irish mead that actually had the story on the back of it. Hell yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Wait, what was the story again on the, the honeymoon? Oh yeah. You that name? Oh right, okay, so in ancient times, they believed that mead turned you, like when you drank it, this was, again, before they knew what alcohol or yeast or anything was, but they believed that when you drank mead, it instantly turned you into a poet and a scholar, and you became incredibly I'm pretty fertile. sure people these days still think that. <laughs> right? I think so, too. So, um, incredibly but, but they also believed that it made you incredibly fertile. Okay. Well. Which is like, you know, you get drunk, you lose your inhibitions. They didn't know that what sure. was happening to them back then. They just thought like, oh, I'm a f- sex god. <laughs> but anyway, so they would, they would send newlywed couples off for a moon cycle, which is like three and a half weeks. They would send newlywed couples off for a moon cycle with jugs of honey wine, uh, you know, Neat. to do to do what we all know they were going to do. Sure. Um, but that's how the term honeymoon came about, was like moon cycle... Honey wine. It's a honeymoon. Honey mm-hmm. yep. That's so cool. That's cool. It's a great story. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty cool, man. Well, that's so interesting. So you guys are based out of Nashville. What does your distribution look like? Are you, are you guys local or are you in other states? So are you right, online? So right now we're just distributing in Nashville. Um, once we kind of flood the market here, and we're going to kind of just like slowly inch out, 
So, but we, we are Nashville's premier meadery. We weren't the first in Tennessee. Trazo was the first in Tennessee. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's no other meaderies in Nashville. Um, but to, to be completely honest, the more meaderies, the better, because like I was saying, like half of our problem is educating yeah. people. And the more meaderies there are, the more people are starting to get familiar with mm-hmm. it. And they're like, oh, oh, well, I was at this meadery in Chattanooga. There's this one in Nashville too. We got to go check that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had, for our opening this weekend, we had a girl drive here from Georgia, Atlanta, nice. Georgia. Wow. Just for the open. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, Mead Man. This has been, I'm, I'm happy. I'm leaving a happy, a happy Mead Man. Well, you're today. also going, you're taking these bottles with you too. Oh, so yes. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, awesome. Dude. Thanks, yep. dude. You just can't stay here. Y'all got to drink these. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So where um, people want to connect with you online, all that jazz, where do they find you? Definitely. We're Instagram, Facebook, um, honeytreemeadery.com. We're, we're all over the internet. Um, that's definitely the best way to find us for sure. For now, anyway. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. It's been a great lesson, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm super happy that to was have awesome. you man. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. sure we'll be back once the the dickle barrel is released. Yes. Yep. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to come on down for that. It'll it'll be like first week in December. Okay. So okay. Right. Coming out. So great. Yeah. Make sure you come on down and get y'all some some bottles. We'll we'll hook you up yeah. for sure. For sure. Cool. Rock on, guys. For sure. And yeah, thank you guys so much uh, for hosting, yeah, man. It's really of course. Really awesome. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. And yeah. it's always welcome. Sounds great. Appreciate yeah, you guys. Thank you, thank you guys. Blue Collar Bourbon is part of the Lasting Media Network of Podcasts and is produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton. QC by me, Mead Man, and edited by Ben Delameter and JoJo. Our theme music was written and recorded by Joe Nasty. Special thanks to Red Dog Wine and Spirits and Cool Springs Wine and Spirits in Franklin, Tennessee, and Elixir Spirits in Spring Hill, Tennessee. To learn more about any of the whiskeys we taste, visit thebluecollarbourbon.com. If you'd like to support the show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bluecollarbourbon and take advantage of the great rewards we have to offer. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts above 0.05 BAC. I think I got him.